From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, we're being reminded of the dangers posed by button batteries by the University of Southern Queensland as it launches a new study looking for input from parents. Ipswich Central Redevelopment Committee hears the latest progress on the $48 million venue reconstruction and school holiday plans for the Nicholas Street Precinct, including a takeover by dinosaurs. It's Friday, June 9, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. There are renewed calls for parents to take charge of button batteries around the home. They are known as the hidden danger lurking around our homes. But are parents in the dark about the best way to protect children from button batteries? To coincide with Australia's first International Button Battery Awareness Day on June 12, the University of Southern Queensland has launched a new study that involves a national survey of parents and caregivers and button battery safety. Unlike previous research, which has focused on medical management of button battery injuries, this study will examine parents' knowledge about the potential dangers of button batteries and safety practices. Dr Anna Girardi, a speech pathologist of 10 years, says more needs to be done to protect children from the dangers these batteries pose and explains in this audio supplied by UniSQ what the survey aims to achieve. So we're aiming to find out how parents keep their children safe from button batteries within the home um, and what they know about button batteries and how to prevent their children accessing and swallowing one while they're at home. A lot of the studies at the moment look at how they're managed within the hospital setting but we would like to know how we can best educate parents and inform them about how to keep their children safe from button batteries within the home environment. Dr Girardi added this study differs from those conducted previously. So most other studies look at how the button battery injuries are managed within the hospital setting, which is obviously very important, but nobody's asked parents what information they need or how they keep their children safe at the moment within the home environment and how they prevent them from accessing the button batteries in toys or things around the house. So we'd like to know what do parents know about button batteries at the moment and how they're preventing it within the home. We're aiming to get as many parents involved as possible so we can get a really good idea about how parents are managing button batteries in the home and preventing their children from accessing and accidentally swallowing them. So we're conducting a national survey um, to ask parents their opinions about button batteries. Dr Girardi explains what a button battery is. So button batteries are small, they're shiny, they're easy for children to access. Young children like to pick things up and put them in their mouths, that's what they do, um, which means that they're quite dangerous if they're accessed. Dr David Long, a registered paramedic, is also involved in this study. Button batteries can cause significant injury when swallowed or inserted into body cavities. Any number of dangers that uh, button batteries can uh, pose. Uh, Button batteries can cause injury uh, to the tissues within 15 minutes of uh, ingestion or insertion. uh, And after two hours, a button battery can uh, make its way uh, all the way through a, uh, the esophagus uh, into some of the structures behind the esophagus uh, as well, such as some of the great vessels of the heart uh, and some uh, of the uh, uh, airways as well. 
Button batteries can be uh, a little difficult to, uh, to spot sometimes. Uh, they can be a little bit uh, difficult to uh, diagnose as, as uh, the issue. So if a child presents with, for example, drooling or coughing or coughing up blood, spitting up some blood, or even some blood in, uh, in, their, in their poo as well, it's got to be that index of suspicion that, uh, that uh, there is a possibility that a button battery has been uh, swallowed. Uh, and so it's really important then to, to get the child uh, to an X-ray capable facility in the shortest possible time. Dr Long added there are signs to look out for if a child swallows a button battery. Yeah, it's, it's not instantaneous, um, but in a very short period of time, uh, in less than 15 minutes, a button battery can cause uh, damage uh, to, to the tissue. Uh, and this is also um, can occur with batteries that you think are flat. So in flat, flat batteries uh, can still cause that, uh, cause that damage um, by um, a chemical reaction uh, which uh, creates a very alkaline environment uh, as well uh, and that can then burn through those tissues. The, the short-term uh, implications is that the child can actually uh, die. Uh, if um, the, the button battery uh, is impacted in the esophagus in a, in a, in a place that can uh, uh, burn through uh, and there can be um, life-threatening uh, bleeding that can occur there. Uh, and so certainly in the short term, uh, it is a true medical emergency. Uh, longer term uh, as well, um, the, the child can experience uh, lifelong uh, disability in terms of uh, swallowing, in terms of their ability to, to talk. Uh, and uh, it, it, it can be really quite a, a serious um, event for that child. You'll find more information about the study and a link to the survey in the show notes. And briefly from the June round of Ipswich Council committee meetings, a new agent has been appointed for the leasing of the venue building where the new cinemas will be. Council will reveal the name of the leasing company in the coming weeks. The new Tulma Walk, where the old city plaza used to be, is expecting more food retailers to open soon. Council Officer James Hepburn also updated the Ipswich Central Redevelopment Committee on the next steps on the mould-infested venue site. Yeah, there's been a lot of work on the venue site in particular. Um, the Hutchinson team have, have now obviously got the, um, been empowered to, to um, forge ahead in the removal of the mould. Um, it's, it's about a 22-week process overall. Um, they've, they've got 12 weeks of mould um, removal remaining, and then there'll be a slight overlap with the rebuild, depending on which screen they happen to be in at any one time. Yeah. Um, so um, th there's a lot of progress there. Mm. The committee also heard about school holiday plans for Ipswich Central. Council Officer Karen Sutton. We have an amazing activation that's coming. Um, this has travelled, this particular activation has been in Melbourne, more recently at Taronga Zoo as well. Uh, it is a series of 18, oh, sorry, 28 animatronic dinosaurs that uh, come to life through sound and through motion uh, and they will be allocated throughout Nicholas Street and the precinct. Committee Chair Councillor Marnie Doyle queried the success of events. Just generally in relation to, to the events, um, I guess we've, we've been activating for a good while now. Are you getting a sense of some events um, and activations that aren't as successful as others? And, and, and how do we respond to that? Are we, are we changing our programming accordingly? <clears throat> 
Absolutely. So we always take on board um, the visitor feedback and we have certainly found events that, uh, I guess given the nature of the environment as well, sometimes our evening events, weather is often impacting on some of our events as well. So there are definitely some events that um, haven't probably built the traction just yet. Um, but I think the beauty of that space is that we, you know, have a lot of trial and error and we can mm. really, you know, take that space in and do some amazing things in it. So, um, yeah, we always take on board the feedback. Obviously, school holidays is our really mm. trying to position it there. Um, we really want to build the evening economy as well. So going into next year, we'll try to work on those options right. to, to bring those mm -hmm. um, events into the evening space. Um, and we've got so many things on offer as well. So, you know, families, couples, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things that we can do. So yeah. um, it's just up to our imaginations, really. I think we've seen just in the past weekend, um, we had uh, the Friday, Saturday and Sunday activated mm. and these are all community led events. Mm. Uh, the Friday was, well, First Nations was, Council supported yep. that one. Saturday was the Plant and Garden Market mm -hmm. uh, and Sunday was Queer Switch and these were all um, activities that, you know, see the precinct as a place to host these kinds of events. Council Officer Karen Sutton wraps up this episode. And a reminder, you can watch all committee and council meetings live or on demand at Ipswich City Council's YouTube channel and follow along at home with minutes and agendas on Council's website. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.